Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shockers round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. And I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is July 11th, 2022. Uh, yeah, let me get everything situated here. I'm trying to trying to go live again here on the uh, on the Facebooker. I don't know how this is going to work out, but we'll see how this works out. Um, let me see what this is saying here. Move that around there. All right, all right, all right. All right, so I've been out of pocket. I know. I was gone for a week, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I do have a bunch of crap to talk about, so uh, hopefully you guys are ready to uh, hear it, because here it goes. All right, so I um, wanted to talk about the 4th of July, obviously. I missed the boat. I'm a week late. <laughs> Day late, dollar short, right? So real quick... You know, what is the 4th of July, and why do we celebrate it? I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I don't know why we celebrate it. But here is the complete guide to the 4th of July. 4th of July, what is it anyway? 4th, also known as Independence Day, is an American holiday celebrated annually. And uh, this particular year fell on a Monday. So why do we celebrate it each year? <clears throat> well, you may wonder, why do we celebrate the 4th of July? What does it mean? Well, this day is incredibly significant to American history as it marks the day the United States officially became known as its own nation. The Declaration of Independence was adopted on July 4th of 1776 and thus America was born. American citizens celebrate America's birthday with festi uh, festivals, parades, fireworks, barbecues, sparklers, and other festive activities. And uh, I really don't want to go too far into this. Like I said, I kind of had this prepared for July 4th. Obviously, we know why we do what we do. And uh, that's all that really matters. Um, let's see what's going on here. All right. So, of course, on the 4th of July, um, you know, we've already heard the story. We've been talking about it. We haven't been. Obviously, I haven't been because I haven't been here. But, um, the, uh, I'm sorry, my headphones, I'm real low. Uh, the shooting in Highland Park, right, south side of Chicago. So on the 4th of July, I see this report come across on my phone and whatnot about the shooting in Chicago. Shooting in Chicago during a uh, 4th of July parade. And I was like, well, that's weird. I mean, there's a shooting every other day in Chicago. Why are we hearing about this story? And it's because it wasn't necessarily in Chicago. It was in a suburb of Chicago, Highland Park, which is north side of Chicago. Um, and during that same weekend, now this was on the 4th, so during the course of that weekend prior to the 4th, over 80 people were shot in the city of Chicago. And that doesn't include the Highland Park situation. So why is that? Why... You know, it's just like every other weekend in Chicago, um, you know, there was gun violence. There is no there there. Every every weekend in Chicago, there's a there's a situation. And we never really hear about that outside of Chicago, because, like I said, there's there's nothing to see here. 
this is a situation of, um, you know, gun violence in Chicago. What's new, right? So this, the reason this one took center stage and why this, um, let me move me a little bit. There we go. Why this one made national news was because why? Because it was a white kid with an AR-15, the deadly AR-15. Um, so, but why, why do you think, you know, this is obviously to continue to push the narrative on that the air is the deadly weapon of war and it needs to be eradicated. So what will they do now? You know, last go around, they passed the red flag laws and deeper background checks and neither of those would have worked in this case. Why? Because, you know, dear old dad, you know, signed off on him getting the rifle even though a few months prior, cops were called to his house for threatening to kill everybody. They seized a bunch of, uh, seized, I should say, a bunch of knives. And uh, let's not forget the attempt to suicide. So, you know, you have the shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, and the emphasis was on red flag laws and deeper background checks, which I personally don't have a problem with the deeper background checks, but here's where the red flag laws fall apart. If... The whole premise to a red flag law is someone reporting what they see. So I gave you a case where the Supreme Court unanimous, unanimously um, sided on, I, I don't recall the names of the, the people in the course, but it was a, uh, the case. It was a husband and wife. Husband and wife got into an argument. Wife called the cops, said he was crazy. The uh, cops came in gentleman said, look, I'll take a, a psyche evaluation as long as you don't touch my stuff. And then, of course, while he was gone, the cops touched his stuff, seized his firearms, not to give him back, you know, give them back to him, um, even though he uh, passed the evaluation with no, no bubbles, no troubles. So nonetheless, you know, went to court, went to the next court, went to district court, all the way up to the Supreme Court. And they deemed that red flag laws were unconstitutional. So how in the hell can the Supreme Court say red flag laws are unconstitutional, yet yeah, they pass a law now claiming that they are? So I said this on a show a couple of weeks ago after this bill was passed. When, who and when will a senator, congressperson, you know, whatever, take this in front of the court and say, look, you ruled on this last, just last year that these red flag laws were unconstitutional, yet here we are. But even in this situation, the father... So in the state of Illinois, you have to be 21 or older to purchase a rifle. Not just AR, just any gun. Rifle, whatever. This has nothing to do with the deadly AR. You know, it's going to kill everybody. Um, this is more sense of... The, child, the, the guy, the kid, was under 21. I guess the father signed off on it, said it was cool, no bubbles, no troubles. Now, maybe if they had a better background check system, a deeper delve into the juvenile escapades of, you know, what was the name, Cremo, Crimo, whatever. Um, you know, whatever. But ultimately here, I think the emphasis falls on the parent. So the parent, the dad, in this case, should have noticed that, you know, hey, uh, here's little Johnny. I don't remember his name. was Billy Bob, whatever. Crimo, you know, Junior Crimo here should have, should not be allowed to have this gun. He is crazy. He's already threatened to kill himself, kill other people. You know, he's, you know, whatever. So I, I would say part of the blame lies on them. But then this is where red flag laws don't work. What's the point? Um, so, and, and like I said, and in, in, in the vice versa, red uh, flag laws work against you in the sense that if your husband, wife, you get in an argument, the wife says, oh, he's crazy, he needs to get his guns taken away. Background checks, I think, would be the best thing. But in this situation, I don't know exactly how the state of Illinois falls in line with their background checks and whatnot, but nonetheless, maybe that would have helped. I think ultimately if the father hadn't signed off on said 
gun purchase, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. But obviously, we could get into a whole story. I've heard different situations with this kid being MK Ultra. Here's another young person um, with uh, mental issues. Was he on some sort of medication? Uh, was he seeing a psychiatrist? Was, you know, none of that's come out yet. Um, there was supposedly post of him on Instagram or whatever saying he was being MK Ultra. I don't know. Maybe he was. We'll never know. We'll never know. They, the whole purpose of this situation was to do what happened. And unfortunately, people had to lose their lives. And, um, you know, I, I guess at this point, what's what's next in this situation? Now, um, you know, we've been told for the last handful of years, see something, say something. And here's a perfect example. So in, um, in Florida the other day, a Florida man was arrested for allegedly threatening to make Texas and Highland Park look like child's play. And I've got a video coming through because uh, why not, right? <laughs> um, Florida man was arrested this week for allegedly threatening to make Texas and Highland Park look like child's play in a text message referencing recent mass shootings that have left dozens of people dead. Ira Crosser, 55, was taken into custody at his home in Cape Coral and charged with one count of making a written threat to conduct mass shooting or act of terrorism. Police were originally alerted to the threat Thursday afternoon after a concerned citizen shared the text message with law enforcement. So there you go. Perfect example of see something, say something. Um, a gentleman texted an acquaintance. Obviously, that person felt that it was a serious enough threat and uh, turned it over to the police officers. The police actually did something about it. Instead of, instead of this being another situation where we didn't hear that he was known to police. I mean, how many times have we seen that? Oh, he was known by police. He was known by the FBI. So, uh, fortunately, uh, we're not uh, having to deal with that now. So, um, <clears throat> I guess the biggest question will be now is where, when, and what will happen next? What laws will happen? What's, what's going to happen next, I guess, is the biggest question. Now, with all of these mass shootings that have happened recently, you know, there there's this also. Now, is the UPS going woke? I don't know. Waiting for the story to load. There it is. <laughs> UPS allegedly terminated accounts of firearm companies. So, you have um, this uh, story is out of conservative firing line. So, of course, it's right-wing and it's conspiracy theories, whatever. I don't care. UPS allegedly terminated the accounts of firearms companies and stated that any packages in their system would be seized and destroyed. The situation was first reported by Lee Williams at The Truth About Guns. Uh, and this is backlash from the two wins from the Supreme Court. Is this real or has UPS shot itself in the foot? No pun intended. So, here's a... Um, a letter from UPS to a firearms company in Daytona Beach. Uh, termination of account, shipment of prohibited firearms and or firearm parts. Dear UPS customer, we write you to inform you UPS has learned that your company may be violating applicable laws concerning the shipment of ghost guns to unauthorized locations. In light of our concern, UPS has determined that it will cancel your account effective immediately if pickup service is currently provided, be advised the service will also be terminated effective immediately. According, accordingly, you may not reopen an account with UPS, whether you seek to do so through a UPS employee or through UPS internet website. We ask that you do not attempt to tender any shipments to UPS via the UPS store. And uh, please note that any package found on the UPS system determined to be tendered by Ghost firearms will be seized and destroyed. Another company, Brownells in, Ohio, in Iowa, also reported that UPS had terminated their account with the same threat, though they removed the Facebook post that stated 
They sell uh, both firearms and gun parts. The company Ghost Firearms, a.k.a. Grid Defense, stated that they never ship to places where it is illegal, that the ATF signed off. So, And that's the thing. So when you go online to buy gun parts, accessories, ammo, uh, magazines, these different websites, I'm not going to go into detail of different companies. If you know, you know. Um, when you purchase said parts, you have to put in your address for shipping. If you live in one of these cities or states that don't allow the, you know, for example, if you have an AR-15 or an AK-47 or 37, um, and I think in California, I think the biggest magazine you can have is a 10 round. Um, so obviously you're not going to go on you know, a gun mag warehouse and buy a 30 round magazine and expect it to be shipped to you if you live in California. Um, and it's the same thing, oddly enough, it's the same thing with car parts. I know this is going to sound silly, but there are certain car parts that you cannot buy and have shipped to say California. California is probably the biggest offender of anyone's civil liberties (laughs) between guns and car parts. And those are the two biggest things I buy um, granted, I don't live in California, thankfully. I live, you know, here in the free state of Florida. Ronnie Double D, the Santa's rocking the house, right? But, um, we, when you're ordering these gun, these parts, whatever they are, gun parts or car parts, uh, it states, there's a, uh, you know, like a little disclaimer saying, if you live in the state of California, and uh, there's other states, Illinois, oh, I don't know all the states. I know, uh, I think Michigan, parts of, not even all of Michigan, but parts of Mich- Michigan, Illinois, New York, uh, California, um, and there's probably a couple other ones, probably uh, certain cities in certain states, maybe like Baltimore and so on and so forth, where they just won't ship to. So, um, I mean, I've literally, I belong to different car clubs on Facebook, and you'll have situations where you're trying to sell parts. So uh, with my old car, I had uh, Catless uh, Exhaust, and when I bought my new car, I took all the old parts off because obviously you can't trade it in without uh, catalytic converters and stuff. So we put all that stuff back on and um, had all the, the race parts in the garage. We were trying to sell it online. And you should have seen how many people wanted you to ship it to California, ship it to wherever. I'm like, no, I'm not shipping that shit all the way from Florida to California. I'm sorry. But um, that's just how bad it is. So these companies... And probably, I would imagine having the name of your gun shop called Ghost Firearms probably doesn't help situations. But just for UPS, assuming these stories are true, for them to just say, we're going to destroy, you're not even sending it back to you, we're going to destroy said product. You know, that's a little sketchy. Especially if you're if you're shipping to a state that allows said product. So... Um, so we had a, uh, <laughs> so we had an executive order signed by, uh, President Dipshit McGee on, uh, the other day. And, and I'm going to go into this whole, um, executive order. So it, it's funny. So he makes this big deal. He comes out and he, and he says this on, uh, you know, a- after or prior to signing the e- the executive order, this is what he has to say. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. So, there you go. <laughs> I, I posted a thing on TikTok and also on the Facebook, which obviously got shadow banks like 11 people saw it. Um, where I had him dressed up like Ron Burgundy and then the you know, in the movie Anchorman, where he, if you write it down, he's going to say it. <laughs> but nonetheless, so it's funny. He signs this executive order, and um, the people on Twitter, oh, look at this. He's such a great president. He's giving women the freedom to do, you know, kill babies. And the funny thing is, if you read, I know that's a concept lost on a lot of people nowadays, but if you actually read, the executive order, 
it's really nothing more than what the uh, Supreme Court issued. So the Supreme Court, when they overturn the uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Health, women's health uh, thing in Mississippi, which in, essentially overturned Roe v. Wade, all they did was push the, the subject of abortion back to the states. For, for the, all the idiots out there that don't know anything, they didn't make il- abortion illegal. They didn't go back to 1952. They didn't say abortion's illegal. If you have an abortion, you're going to die. That's not true. Now, granted, there are some states that had trigger laws set in place so that if, if and when this happened, they made abortion illegal. Okay, that's fine. That's those states. That's their prerogative. You live in these states. I think there was 13 states. You vote for these governors and uh, elected officials. Don't vote for them. Simple. Or, or like you told uh, so many other people, move. Now, one of the biggest things, of course, when the Supreme Court made this decision, it was like, they made abortion illegal. No, they didn't, but okay, whatever. And then it was like, <laughs> we need to have guaranteed safe passage for these women if they want to go from, you know, Mississippi to, you know, Georgia to kill their baby, they need to be able to get there safely. No one's stopping them. If that's what you want to do, then go right on ahead. It's your problem. And essentially, that's what his executive order um, entails. Okay, so his executive order to protecting access to reproductive health care services, which is kind of an oxymoron, reproductive health care services. Now, to me, if I'm half an idiot, if I'm a liberal, let's just say, half an idiot, right? And I read access to reproductive health care services. What does that mean to me? Reproductive, having a baby, reproducing, right? Access to reproducing health care services. So to me, that's that sounds like to me that you are protecting my right to have a baby, reproductive health care services. But that's not what it means, or that's not what they're insinuating. So two weeks ago, the Supreme Court issued a decision that overturned Roe v. Wade and eliminated the women's constitution constitutionality to right to choose. This decision expressly took away the right from the American people. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh at this. That it had recognized for nearly 50 years. This is from the White House, by the way. This isn't like from some bullshit website. This is whitehouse.gov. Um, the decision expressly took away the right from the American people that had recognized for nearly 50 years a woman's right to make her own reproductive health care decisions. No, it just gave them the right to kill babies. <laughs> it's not You're not reproducing if you're killing, right? Let's call it what it is. Free from governor, uh, government interference, fundamental rights to privacy, autonomy, freedom, and equality have been denied millions of women across the country with grave implications to their health, lives, and well-being. This ruling will dis, uh, disproportionately affect women of color, low-income women, and rural women. So basically, to me, it sounds like you're saying that poor uh, women of color that live in the city don't know anything better but to get pregnant and get an abortion. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, let's, let's not revisit the fact that Planned Parenthood was created by Margaret Singer, which really her main goal in life was to abolish all you know, people of color. But we'll we'll walk past that. President Biden has made it clear that the only way to secure a woman's right to choose is for Congress to restore the protection of Roe as federal law. Until then, he is com- committed to doing everything in his power to defend re- reproductive rights and protect access to safe and legal abortion. Today, President Biden will sign an EO protecting access to reproductive. I just think it's the wording's all wrong. Really, what you're protecting is access to kill human lives. Let's call it what it is. You're not access. It's not a reproductive health care. You're not, you're not delivering a baby. You're aborting a baby. The EO builds on the actions his administration has already taken to defend reproductive rights by 
safeguarding access to reproductive health care services, including abortion and contraceptive. Now, what of those two things have anything to do re- with reproductive? I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not the smartest man, but to me, when I hear reproductive, so woman, man and woman, not man and man, not woman and woman, but man and woman get together, right? He fertilizes the egg and it reproduces another human being, right? Reproductive health care services, including a killing the baby. You're not reproducing if you're killing. You're deproducing, if that's a word. And contraceptive. Now, that's really the key here. If, if you would focus on the contraception, you wouldn't have to worry about the abortion. Protecting the privacy of patients and their access to accurate information. Okay, I can live with that. Which, you know, by the way, is still available. They, that didn't get outlawed by the uh, Supreme Court. Promoting the safety and security of patients, providers, and clinics. And coordinating the implementation of federal efforts to protect reproductive rights to and access to health care. So, did you just executive order people's rights to health care? Am I reading that correctly? So now if there's people out there that don't have health insurance, does that mean that they automatically get it now because of this, this executive order? I'm just reading what it says. Or is it just about killing babies? Safeguarding access to reproductive health care services. The president has directed the Secretary of Health and Human Services to take the following actions and submit a report to him within 30 days on efforts to protect access to med- <laughs> to medication abortion. HHS will take uh, additional action to protect and span the... Um, I'm sorry access to abortion care, including access to medication that the FDA has approved. So that's like the uh, day after pill, essentially. Ensure emergency medical care. HHS will take care, uh, take steps to ensure all patients, including pregnant women and those experience pregnancy loss, have access to full rights and protections for emergency medical care efforts uh, afforded under the law, including by considering updates to, I think that's what um, you call the emergency room. <laughs> Protect access to contraceptive or contraception. Cool, I'm with that. You should be able to walk into, if you can't afford to go to Walgreens or Walmart or whatever and buy some condoms or go to a doctor and if you're a female and get put on the pill or put on the different whatever uh, contraceptives that are out there for men and women, then you should be able to walk into a plan. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think you can go to Planned Parenthood now before this executive order and still do those things. Um, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here is essentially he didn't, uh, <laughs> this, this executive order really is nothing. He didn't do anything more than what is already in place. Now, if you have um, states that, and like I said, I, I, I don't know all the states. I know Texas, Mississippi, I think Oklahoma. I think it's kind of like the center of the country for the most part. Even here in Florida, you can have an abortion. I mean, you have a certain time limit. It's like you can be like, I'm in labor. I think I'm going to go ahead and have an abortion. You can't do that. I think it's 15 weeks in the state of Florida. And I think it's 15 weeks in some of these other states. It's not like they outlawed abortion altogether. You just have a a certain time limit. It's not like California where you have the, uh, you know, seven days after birth, you know, buyback protection or something like that on the baby. I, th- I think you have a time limit. And uh, for the most part, when you're 15 weeks pregnant, when you're four months pregnant, I think at that point you should know if whether you, you're going to want the baby or not. You shouldn't have to wait till they're, you know, 36 weeks about to pop. But I, I just think this executive order was all about nothing he wants to come out and say his little bullshit and and sign his little paper and make it look like he's actually giving a shit about anybody when really all he did was ensure that whatever the supreme court just said is cool <laughs> so anywho um getting past all of this i got one more thing here and this broke after he signed 
the executive order that says Biden says he's considering declaring a public health emergency for abortion access. So now this is out of uh, this is off of CBS News. So um, (laughs) President Biden said Sunday he is considering declaring a public health emergency to free up federal resources to promote abortion access, even though the White House hasn't um, has said it doesn't seem like a great option. He also offered a message to people uh, enraged by the Supreme Court ruling last month that ended constitutional right to abortion to have been demonstrating across the country. Keep protesting. Keep making your point. It's critically important. Now, President Biden's a Catholic. And if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Pelosi got... She wasn't able to... Uh, I don't know what it's called in Catholic Church, but uh, she was denied her, I can't think of the word right now, but nonetheless, because of her stance on abortion, Biden's the same way. I I just don't understand how you could be, uh, allegedly, how you can be a God-fearing, and it doesn't matter if you're Catholic or if you're just Christian, you know, whatever denomination you are, but if if you're a person of God, how you can feel that abortion's cool now is there certain circumstances where it should be allowed probably i mean that's a discussion to have uh rape um i would say rape period now you know you hear rape incest well i would say that kind of goes hand in hand um i don't think that you changing your mind is appropriate i think i mean there's adoptions there's there's other ways out um, I'm not here to lecture anybody on anything because Lord knows I'm not a perfect person, but, um, to sit here and, and say that you're a Catholic and you believe in God and you'd believe in all this stuff. And then you're going to pass an emergency order or you're going to claim a, a public health emergency to free up federal resources to promote abortion access with all the things going on in this country. That's what you're going to focus your federal resources on. That's that's where we're going with this. That's, you know, that's your president for you. All right. So let's get into the meat of the stories today. So on Friday, Prime Minister Boris Johnson resigned as president of the world. I do not know what's going on with my computer today, but it's being very much a pain in the butt. Here we go. Thank you, thank you. It is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. And I've agreed with Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of our backbench MPs, that the process of choosing that new leader should begin now. And the timetable will be announced next week. And I've today appointed a cabinet to serve, as I will, until a new leader is in place. So I want to say to the millions of people who voted for us in 2019, many of them voting Conservative for the first time, thank you for that incredible mandate, the biggest Conservative majority since 1987, the biggest share of the vote since 1979. All right, that's good for you, Boris, there. <clears throat> but, um, God bless. Um, so the interesting thing was uh, Biden the other day was asked about, the question was, you know, to President Biden, any reaction to uh, Boris Johnson resigning as prime minister? And this is prime minister. So he says, no, it's part of the process. You have any reaction to Boris Johnson resigning? No, it's part of the process. What process? What process would would you be f- referring to there? Uh, please enlighten us. Inquiring minds would like to know. So, here's here's the thing. In the last couple of weeks, well, probably in the last year, you've had a number of. You had Merkel in Germany. She resigned. You've had cabinet leaders in different countries resign. Boris Johnson resigns. Uh, 
in the meantime, you have um, uh, Canada and now in the Netherlands. So I found this news clip. This is from Sky News. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this. It's a little bit long, but you know, this this reporter here kind of breaks it down pretty well. I I personally believe somewhere else it seems to be sliding into dictatorship is Holland, which may not entirely be a coincidence. The similarities between Canada and Holland are as startling as they are disturbing. Here's Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte leader of the laughably and ironically named People's Party for Freedom and Democracy. Apart from obviously sharing the same wacky lefty sense of humour, those two both are of course golden pin-up boys for Klaus Schwab and the globalist fantasists of the World Economic Forum. Only a few months ago, it was the Canadian government that attacked its own citizens in the most grotesque and terrifyingly authoritarian manner during the so-called truckers' convoy revolts, when the government actually froze the bank accounts and basically starved out any individuals involved in what was legitimate, peaceful, democratic opposition to COVID mandates. That ended badly for Trudeau, particularly after this shameful incident in which Canadian mounted police trampled over a peaceful woman protester. <clears throat> yeah, so you have horses running over a lady. I, I, I've, for the people watching this on Facebook, I need to get better at moving these things around so you can actually see this video. But uh, you've probably seen it, so it's not, nothing new. It's more audio situation here. Hang on. I've seen something like that before, haven't I? It reminds me of some. Oh, yes, Melbourne under Dan Andrews. Media! 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 Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> so I guess the, um, the biggest question is, is, what you know what's really going on you have um i'm sorry yeah okay <laughs> you have um boris John okay so basically what this is what i wrote down here so could this be the beginning of the west's hidden agenda so we've talked about the world economic forum we've talked about klaus schwab we've talked about the, the NWO, or now maybe it's the liberal world order, whatever, but the whoever, whatever world order, <laughs> ultimately it stems around the WEF, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, the, the young, um, lead, the, the WEF's young leaders, whatever it's called. So if you look at a list, so you have a bunch of world leaders that were charged with the task of world domination. So when we talk about Biden and Trudeau and Boris Johnson and Angela Merkel and the dude in Netherlands and the dude in Australia, these people, when we talk about different world leaders, I know I just named a few, but all of them, we talk about all of them, Putin, Zelensky, all these guys, um, they were, they were, tasked with with world domination they're not in charge they are they are yet but a just a maybe if you want to even call them a general in the world domination tour of the WEF or whoever it is that's in charge they were given this deadly pandemic to lock the globe down and for the most part they failed now we did have situations you had what Canada did what the Netherlands is going through look what Paris did uh Look what Australia did. Um, these different countries that tried to lock their citizens down, mandate vaccines. Every single one of these countries, for the most part, their leaders were part of this, the young, uh, what is it called? The young global leaders of the Davos uh, World Economic Forum. So that we've talked about this on shows in the past. That was a situation that started... 20-something, 30 years ago. And people like uh, Putin 
and Johnson and and I and I'm not even sugarcoat. There's people on that list that I <laughs> kind of like, but the fact that they're on that list makes me skeptical about them. And I'll go over that list here again in a second. But these leaders were given this pandemic in the in the course of locking everything down, crashing the economy of the world, not just any one particular country, the world. And um, they all, the, for the most part, they failed. I mean, you had some of them succeed. I think the next person, um, Emmanuel Macron from France, he's being, he, he's basically on the chopping block. They're calling for him to resign since Johnson resigned. Is he going to resign now? He's one of these, these WEF young leaders here. Also, all of these these leaders were were tasked with getting your people under control, so to speak, and they failed. So, um, so now they must be removed to make way for new leaders that will get the job done. Now, once these leaders are in place, what will happen next? Will it be World War Three or a new pandemic, the likes that we've never seen? The bigger problem for these ass clowns is the people like us in America, as long as we can stay somewhat together. And here's the thing with that is, and that's where we see what's going on in this country dividing us. We have all these different little situations, abortion, gun rights, uh, you know, gays versus straights, right versus left, um, all these different stupid situations. We all need to realize that we're all, <laughs> to flash back to COVID times, we're all in this together. <laughs> we are, whether we want to believe it or not. If you've never seen the movie Red Dawn, and I'm, I'm not talking about the new one because I've never seen the newer one, but the old one with uh, Patrick Swayze and whomever else was in it. Um. They were literally all in this together. And, and I pray to God it doesn't get to be that bad. But who's to say it doesn't get that bad? Um, the one thing that we have going for us here in this country is the Constitution. And they are literally trying to rip that apart. They don't want us to have a Constitution. The they, in this case, they don't want us to have a constitution because that gets in the way. It's people like us, people watching this on Facebook, to people listening to this on your podcast apps, that we have to stick together. And even to the people that we can't stand, <laughs> that we can't stand that look at us like crazy people, um we need to stick together with them. Now, I'm not saying we need to revert to their idealism, but we need to uh, they we need to help them understand that they can agree with these people all they want, but they're going to go down just as bad as we are. They don't give a shit what side you're on. You're in the way. You know, and we refer to movies and TV shows, and we talk about these things, and they're literally telling us what they're going to do. But it's not even a case of that. Like, you think of different movies where you had uh, a... I don't want to say a leader, but you you had a... Uh, like in Red Dawn, the mayor the mayor of the, of the town, you know, was trying to cooperate with the, the Russians and the Cuban there. And then they ended up killing him. You know, like in Die Hard, you had the guys trying to help out and trying to smooth things along. They kill him. Don't think you're helping these people uh, push their agenda because they'll just kill you too. Um, but the interesting thing is we looked and we've talked about these young global leaders from the WEF. And um, I'm not going to go over the whole list of every single person that's ever been in these these young leaders, but the the list of names that stand out are interesting and i've talked about these before but quickly so gavin newsom we know who he is governor of california pete Buttigieg, possibly your next democratic front runner for president i would assume um i'm gonna skip a name and i'm gonna come back to her but then you have obviously chelsea clinton 
and Huma Abedin, right? We all know who she is, Hillary's aide. Uh, Nikki Haley, interestingly enough, Samantha Power, who uh, she's part of the uh, Biden administration now. Um, skip some of these names that you might not know because they're not important. So here's one. Jonathan, what's that last name? Soros. Who is he? Hmm. Yeah. Gee, surprise he's in there, right? Um, but the one name that, that I don't like being in here is Tulsi Gabbard because I kind of actually like her. But the fact that she's a part of this group instantly, in my opinion, discredits her. I mean, she can say everything she wants to say. Um, but the fact that she's in here makes me question everything. And she wants to go against this and come out and say she's totally against this and she wishes she had never done this and blah, blah, blah. Cool. Um, Dan Crenshaw is on this list. Not a surprise. Even though, you know, he's a Republican. He's a Republican. Not a surprise. And then there's uh, media people on here. Once again, not a surprise. Um, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos. Um, pretty much everyone that's anyone in tech. So Microsoft, Amazon, Google co-founders, Microsoft CEOs, Google CEO, Wikipedia co-founder, PayPal co-founder, Elon Musk, your savior, uh, Facebook founder, Zuckerberg, and Facebook CEO, Sheryl Sandberg. So that's not a surprise. Then you get into Britain. You have, um, obviously, the Rothschilds are on here. Uh, you have um, Johnson, uh, Austria. You have their health minister and uh, prime minister on here. Then you get into Canada, you got Justin Trudeau and then some cabinet members. Uh, Germany, you have Angela Merkel, some cabinet members. In the European Union, you have the uh, EU Commission's presidents on here. Uh, Jose Man Manuel Barriso, Jean-Claude Juncker, Juncker, sure, whatever. French President Emmanuel Macron. Um, let's bounce around here. Spanish Prime Minister. Um, former, uh, what's this, Klaus Regling, CEO of European Stability. Belgian Prime Minister. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You have the, the uh, where is it at? Geneva politician, Swiss politician, uh, former president of Swiss National Council. Uh, in Russia, like I said, Vladimir Putin. Royal members. So you have the Crown Prince of Sweden, the Crown Prince of Norway, the Crown Prince of Denmark, Prince of the Netherlands, we just talked about, uh, Queen of Jordan, uh, Prince, Princess, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know. Someone from Morocco and another person from Bhutan. So, point being is, you have a lot of people that are in control of, of your countries. And I say your countries because we're not just heard here in America. This, this podcast is worldwide. So, but where I question the... Um, the World War Three. They, they need a lot of things to go wrong. And when I say they, I don't have a specific country or person or whatever uh, in mind. It's, a, it's the they, right? First of all, they need this country to, to fall apart, which they're working on. You hear a lot of people talk about, um, oh, a civil war. Now, when we talk about civil war... A lot of people, when you when you have a random conversation with people and they talk about you talk about civil war, they automatically think back to 1864 and you think North versus South and you got the Confederates versus the Union, you got the slaves. It's not it's nothing. It's not going to be anything like that. It could literally be state versus state, or and I've talked about this before, region versus region. You could have a southeastern region, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, Arkansas, you know, which 
if that if that actually gets to be a point where states start succeeding from the union and you don't and you're a you're a conservative or you're a right leaning person living in the state of California I know I have people on this page and I know I have people that listen to this podcast that live in California not for nothing but you might want to move at least to Texas because uh, it's it's not going to be pretty if what if what some of us think is going to happen is going to happen so you'll have a civil war it'll break this country apart it could break this country into 50 50 states I mean uh, uh, stupid but 50 separate situations it could break this country into 10 different situations but if this country was broken into regions if it was four or five six whatever regions would any one of these regions be able to take on China or Russia or whoever no probably not more than likely so it's important for this country to stay united in that sense. And you have to ask the question. And, and it doesn't matter what side of the argument you're on. If you're for abortion, if you're against guns, you've got to ask the question, why, why are all these things? Why did that Highland Park shooting take place? And furthermore, like I said earlier in the show, with all the shootings that happen in Chicago on a regular basis, why did we have to hear about this one? Was it because it was on 4th of July? No, because there was probably another shooting in the city of Chicago on that same date. There was 80 people killed that weekend, the 4th of July weekend, 80 people killed in the city of Chicago due to gun violence. None of those 80 people were part of this Highland Park situation. So just in that stat alone, you should be asking yourself, why? No matter what side of the argument you're on, why? Is it because they, <laughs> they want these things to happen? They want the division. They have to push the argument. If, if this Highland Park shooting thing didn't... <laughs> This is what worries me. Go back to Buffalo. When the Buffalo shooting happened, you had the, uh, I don't even recall the guy's name. I think he was 18, 19, 20, whatever, how old he was. Shot up the top uh, supermarket. I think it was 13 killed. Um, kind of hit a little bit. Nothing major. And then I think a week or so later, you had Uvalde. Then shit blew up. Uvalde was, what, about a month or so ago? We've had other shootings since then, mass shootings, because mass shootings are three or, you know, three or more people shot, not killed, but shot. Um, that's a Tuesday in Chicago. I mean, I'm, I know it, I'm, it sounds like I'm joking, I'm ha-ha-ha. I'm not, not joking. My point of the matter is they do these things to push a narrative. If they really cared about people being shot, they would really care about all people being shot, not just certain groups of people by certain guns, right? So what scares me is Highland Park happened a week ago today. We haven't heard a whole hell of a lot about this. We heard bits and pieces. The kid was, you know, of course, when it first came out, he was a Trump supporter and he was right wing. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter if he was a Trump support, if he was Antifa, if he was nothing, if he was just a fucking crazy little motherfucker that dressed like a woman and was shot out in the head. It had nothing to do with what his political... Well, he was, he was filmed at a Trump rally. Who gives a shit? You can't tell me that Antifa people don't go to a fucking Trump rally to cause issues. But my point being is it doesn't matter who or what he was affiliated with. The fact of the matter is you had a, a kid obtain a firearm, probably shouldn't have had the firearm, talked to dad, and he did what he did. My question is this. You haven't really, other than the first couple of days after the fact, you haven't heard much about this. There's been other things that have happened to take your mind off of it. 
So when's the next shooting? I know I hate to say that because that would entail people dying. But they are never going to let this rest until they come for your guns. Until they're knocking on your door, taking your guns. It doesn't, I'm not saying, oh, when Biden was running, all you need is a shotgun. Well, the damn prime minister of, uh, or the ex-prime minister, I should say, of, of Japan, shot with a shotgun. Killed. Homemade shotgun, which is double down. So you had shotgun, but then it was one of these ghost guns. I mean, granted, it's Japan. It's not our problem. But it's going to build to the narrative of how guns are dangerous in a country that is very gun-restrictive, Japan. But... um and it doesn't even matter what may or may not happen come, you know, November of this year, whoever we elect for senators and Congress people and whatever, it's not going to matter. These situations are still going to happen because it's, it's beyond our control. Um, and no matter what happens, if you notice lately, all these guns purchased for these shootings were obtained legally. That's the key. Shooter in Buffalo, obtain the gun legally. Shooter in Nuvaldi, obtain the gun legally. Shooter in Highland Park, obtain the gun legally. That's the key. They're drilling that in your head that they obtain these guns legally. Because the narrative of them being stolen or like, what was it, uh, Sandy, Sandy Hook where the guns were stolen out of the mom's uh, gun cabinet after he killed her. Um, in uh, Columbine, they took the parents' guns. You know, these different situations where the guns were stolen, they weren't obtained legally. That's the key. That's where they're going to get it. These guns are all obtained legally, so we need to fix the laws or take the guns away because obviously no one can handle having guns because, you know, we kill people with them. Anyway. All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, I hope this Facebook Live thing turned out well. Um, I know it's the middle of the day, so it's hard to get viewers, but you guys can catch it on the re on the regurge, so to speak. But if if you didn't want to, if you don't want to see this ugly mug, that's cool. I get it. Um, we are a podcast. We are a podcast. <laughs> We've been around a year and a half. Uh, actually, just hit over ten thousand downloads this past week. Thank you. We are heard on Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbeam, Amazon, uh, iTunes, FM, TuneIn, F, TuneIn FM, uh, I say Amazon, uh, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we are heard, with one exception, Podbeam, or I'm sorry, uh, Pandora. And why? I don't know. Fuck Pandora. That's what I got to say about that. But uh, with that being said, guys, the people that do listen to this show on the podcast, please, whatever app you are listening to this on, if you could give us a good review, preferably a five-star, you know, so I can get paid. I'm joking. I don't get paid. <laughs> but, um, and most importantly, guys, share this with your friends. Share this post on Facebook. Uh, we have over well over 1,000 followers on this pace, um, Facebook here. Um, so you come across this video, listen to it, share it. Share it with your friends. Um, but most importantly, go to whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. Like I said, Apple, Google, whatever you have. If you have an iPhone, you have Apple. If you have a Android, you have Google. If you listen to stuff on Spotify, we're there too. Just search Don't Tread on America. And like I said, share this with your friends. There's 160-something episodes, more than enough for you all to listen to. And uh, I thank you for having me back after a week off. And I will talk to you again on Wednesday. Other than that, you guys have a great day. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you, uh, talk to you Wednesday. Hopefully uh, we'll have something to talk about. See you later. <laughs>